Greetings, humans. Simula78 sends its regards. It is time for the Squacklecast theme song, as sung by Caged Human A34. Hello, the Squacklecast. Thirty-ish episodes. Allow me more. Forever. This all has been a blast. Your mom loves the Squacklecast. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to to the to the Squacklecast. <laughs> it's been it's been a year well, and years. two months. <laughs> it's been three years. It's been since uh, well, the last Squacklecast. We have no idea what happened last time, and we, we have, have no, no idea, idea why happened. we're doing this a year after we done the last one, other than knowing that it's been a year since the last one. I think after the election, we were just exhausted. <laughs> we just. Yeah, I was personally in a shock for about five months. I'm still kind of in shock, but um, you know, since there was like nuclear war on our uh, footsteps, I think that uh, I kind of woke up out of that. You just wanted to get one out before we go out, all out into war. That... Yeah, we need to. We need to provide an update to our <laughs> uh, fan base who has been clamoring for a new episode for a year and a half. And I think we're still waiting half, for but... like Asian women feed uh, at this point. Then, yeah, like uh, still the sexy Asian feet episode is our most famous one. Yeah. Uh, people really want to hear about feet, but we already did that. So today's episode is going to be about sexy armpits. Yeah, sexy armpits. Uh, no, it's going to be about <laughs> nothing. In an existential sense, or yes, existential. <laughs> you ever watch that movie Existence with Jude Law? Um, I think I've heard of it, but no, I've I've never. It's a pretty interesting movie. Uh, basically, there's like a, a biomechanical thing that people hook into their spinal cord, and they get to see, start seeing visions and stuff like that. They play like games and shit with that thing. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. You should watch that movie. Yeah, I think I'll pass. <laughs> it's got well, a, when did it come out? It came out um, like 2000, late or? 90s? Late 90s? Late 90s? 2000, yeah. something like that. It has that girl from one of those movies. Sasha Gray. Um, she's like a... Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's her and Jude Law. Um, yeah, isn't Jennifer for Jason Lee getting like a um, career resurgence? I guess so. I mean, she was in. She was in uh, something, right? She was in a uh, Silent Hill or something, right? Silent Hill? I don't think it was. Yeah, Silent was that her? I don't think that was her. Oh, that was but she was in um movie. that Tarantino movie Tarantino that came out. Movie. Let me see. Hey, wait. Wait. wait, yeah, yeah. Was she nominated for that or not? Something else? I don't know. I think she had like three popular films last year or something like that. Apparently she is in Amityville. The yeah, that's not how I know. Yeah, that's what I was... Your fake news, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Um, she's, she was okay in it. Drew Law was in it. Uh, Willem Dafoe was in it. Anything with Willem Dafoe should be pretty good, right? I guess so. I mean, 
Has he made a bad movie or an un- uninteresting movie that you, um, you can name off the top of your head? Spider-Man. You didn't like the first Spider-Man? <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> I'm just bringing it up because why not? Well, you saw the recent one, right? The most recent Spider-Man? Yeah. Yes, I did. But did you like that one more than the first one? Uh, I'd say they're about on par with each other. I think the first Spider-Man probably benefits from nostalgia a little more nowadays, but uh, I think uh, as far as uh, as far as the best superhero movie ever, I'm going to say it's Spider-Man 2 still. Um, you mean the, as far as the best comic book superhero adaptation yeah, or, any, or just yeah. Spider-Man adaptations? Just just any comic book movie. I don't even know about the adaptations because I don't read the comic books themselves. So I want to say that Homecoming is maybe equivalent to the first Spider-Man. And the first Spider-Man I, I liked quite a bit, but it was maybe like an 8 out of 10. And then Homecoming was like an 8.5. So it's about the same, but not nearly as great as Spider-Man 2, which I would probably give like a 10. I mean, I don't know. I think it's pretty high. Not that I'm like disparaging Spider-Man 2, because it's, it's a good movie. Yeah, I think that's about perfect for what you can expect for a Spider-Man movie. And but even ahead of... Um, and a comic book movie, so... Even ahead of like something like The Dark Knight, or... Uh, yeah, I would say it's still it's better than The Dark Knight. I think Dark Knight's about 9.8. Like, it's not bad. It's not, it's not like, uh, really worse than Spider-Man 2 or anything like that, but it's, um, about... Well, about equal, but I'd still say Spider-Man 2 is a little better. Is it because Spider-Man 2 is more entertaining or funner um, to watch? I think I think just the pacing, probably, and also the characters. Because, uh-huh. like, the characters I liked a lot more. Because, um, like, uh, I, have, I have, like, other issues with the Dark Knight series as a whole. And so Spider-Man 2 followed up from Spider-Man was... Like a better movie to follow up from than uh, Batman Begins for Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So the way they introduced uh, Bruce Wayne and stuff like that was good, but not as nearly as like maybe favorable as I would say Spider Man One was. I'd and say the when, first Spider Man. The way they en- the way they ended the trilogy for both were, was not that great, but uh, I think at least Spider Man Three had some some notably good parts to it, whereas uh, Dark Knight Rises probably I didn't like a whole lot <laughs> throughout. There's maybe like one or two good scenes or, or something like that, but it was generally kind of a crap of the movie. I'd say the first Spider-Man did not age as well. It's still pretty good, but it's not the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man. Did not age as well. It's it's pretty campy and cheesy. Yeah. And I don't think that really ages that well, right? Uh, uh, but the second one still holds up pretty well. The third one was uh, kind of unfortunate. <laughs> To say the least, I suppose, but um, as far as The Dark Knight, I mean, I, I, the, the, the second film that Nolan directed was probably the best out of the three. <laughs> yeah. Um, Batman Begins, I guess it's still, it's still good, but it's, it's kind of fading in uh, prestige, I suppose. Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it's great during its time, but at, at this point, I, it's uh, it's it's kind of dropping in, in in value, all right. 
and then uh, as far as Dark Knight Rises, that it's not terrible. You 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 said it's terrible. Dark Knight Rises. I did not like it really. I didn't really enjoy it when I was watching. I was actually kind of angry, angry at the at the ending. Like the rest of the movie was okay, and then the ending kind of made me a little bit angry because the way uh, the main antagonist died <laughs> in the in the truck, <laughs> and then it just kind of like it was like the the cherry on the on the shit pie for me. Like <laughs> I, I was already having a lot of issues with what was going on during that movie. Like the way I felt like when I was when I stopped when I ended watching it was basically they didn't give a shit about the editing. They just threw in a bunch of scenes and didn't really edit them neatly together. And they just kind of like left the shitty takes that they took for people dying in there. And the way that Bane died at the end, he just gets run over by a motorcycle and that's it or whatever. You know what the problem with that movie is? I, I feel like just he stopped giving a shit about Batman. I, I think so. Yeah, I think he like just he he, he just shit, did so... it. He just did it so he can go on and do Inception or whatever he can do at Warner Brothers. Like they just wanted him to do one more big Batman movie, and then he can get a free pass to do whatever he wants at Warner Brothers. And so at that point, he just stopped caring and then phoned it in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it, the whole movie felt like a little, very phoned in. Um, there were, but I did like some scenes. I like the. The fight that they had in the sewers. Um, I like the first chase scene. I think um, the the stadium scene. I guess was okay. The, uh, the the part where Gotham City comes up in arms or whatever, like uh, and they all start like fighting each other and stuff like that. Like yeah, it seems okay. like a well intentioned movie, but it doesn't really dive into anything. Yeah, it doesn't pull it yeah, off it as well as The Dark Knight did. Like it, yeah, they didn't sell me on 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 why Bane was so like good at what he was doing. Like it didn't really make any sense to me. Like <laughs> it felt like someone was above him that never really revealed himself. And so apparently he was somehow this mastermind. But I mean, yeah, it was uh, obviously it was the uh, the female Ra's al Ghul's daughter or whatever. But she she didn't really seem that all like uh, smart either to be able to pull all that off. So. Didn't didn't sell me on on her evilness, and it didn't sell me on uh, Bane's uh, ability to be able to do all the things he did. Yeah, it came so. out to be like a a poor man's revenge tale. <laughs> like towards the, <laughs> it's like what is this? <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, isn't Christopher Nolan like an overrated filmmaker at this point? Uh, I think I'm coming around to that to that uh, opinion now. Yeah. Uh, Inception was good, but it wasn't as good as people like were telling me it was. Like, oh, it's so amazing! Like, like yeah, it was fine, but it wasn't like, like Is it he, wasn't like great. Did you, you didn't watch Dunkirk, right? No, I didn't watch that yet. I haven't watched and, it either. Um, and um, I I have no idea what to expect out of that because uh, I haven't seen a war movie from him. But um, I, when I watched Interstellar, it was like one part amazing movie, one part shitty ass fucking crap story. <laughs> So everything everything that had to do with Earth was awful. And everything that had to do with space was amazing. And so I wish that they they had like made it differently to make it more uh, focused on the space stuff. And basically as soon as he launched off from Earth, there was no contact with Earth at all, except for maybe that one part where he sees a message or whatever from his daughter. Mm-hmm. But... Um, like if they had just cut off Earth completely, I hated going back and forth. Um, they should have just had the whole thing in space only, and none of the 
stuff with the brother who disappears after a while and we don't even care about him anymore. And then the fires and the global warming stuff and all that just all that was just was just filler basically. And all this stuff that actually happened in space was amazing. So if there was a cut in the movie where they cut out all the Earth stuff, uh, maybe that would be better. But the bill would be like an hour hour long movie. So so it was like <laughs> how long was the movie? Like two hours or something? I think so, it's two forty or something like that. Yeah, it was so pretty long. Maybe, maybe there's a way to to cut it where there's no Earth stuff. But I felt like there's so much Earth stuff, and Michael Caine. When he was on his deathbed, he couldn't even fucking understand what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and that and that scene was like 15 minutes long, and I'm like, "Why am I here listening to this shit? I can't even understand what he's saying." Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. So the end, the end part when he's like looking through like the bookshelves or whatever was that was fine. Like they put that, they left that in for Mike. But that wouldn't have even worked if you cut off all the Earth stuff. I I I still think they could have like done it without all the adult uh, Murph stuff, all the all the young kid Murph stuff should have been what it was. Maybe we see one or two scenes. Um, well, a lot of it seems like he's trying to circle back with everything. Like it's a loop, which I don't know. It, 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 that sort of looping narrative didn't work as well as with Interstellar as it did in Arrival, which came out last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Yeah, but with Interstellar, it, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck Christopher Nolan, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far just yet. I think I think I need to watch Dunkirk to know if I'm if I'm over him or not. Um, I think I read some sort of piece where it seems like he's trying to be more and more like Terrence Malick, like that's his hero. And for a while, Terrence Malick was just doing these um very loosely written. Um, movies where he's not even relying on the script or even on like a strong narrative framework. He's just he just has an outline and he shoots scenes there and has everyone improvise essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think I read something where Nolan felt like he was beyond scripts and narratives and he wanted to do something more like Tree of Life or any of the like more recent Terrence Malick stuff. And I was like, Sort of just roll my eyes like "fuck you, man." <laughs> you know, Terrence Malick. All right. But yeah, I don't know. You should watch Dunkirk. That's what you should do. Yeah, I have to your, watch. Uh, I have to see Dunkirk to to have my final opinion on him because Interstellar was like half crap, half good. A Dark Knight Rises was like thirty percent good, seventy percent crap. So. Dark Knight was like almost 100% good, so I have no idea why. I have no idea what this mix of uh, crappiness is with him. Mm. And Batman Begins, I'd say, is like generally 80% good. Like maybe there's like a little bit of fat in there. Like I didn't like the action scenes because they were all up close and blurry. Like you can't see anything as far as the action scene goes. In the yeah, it's not very good with action. <laughs> that's, that's. Yeah, but like Dunkirk is all action, so. <laughs> so how, no, I how, think. From what I've seen, it seems like it's more tense um, spectacles. It's not like it's going to be a Michael Bay movie where it's a lot of. Okay, so there's not actually a lot of killing. It's just like explosions. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of killing, but it's not. um, It's not going to be like an action movie. It's going to be more like a war movie where there's a lot of staged explosions. Like a Band of Brothers kind of thing. Yeah. But he's not very good with staging action. 
Yeah, he like I was thinking this too uh, during after the Dark Knight Rises. He just needs to give the action to someone else, like hire another assistant director or something like that. And say you well, do. He the just needs a better scenes. stunt team to do all that. Which I don't think he ever is it a stunt team issue though. Like does does he have one stunt team? Doesn't he have like other people he randomly? Well, hires? you would have to hire stunt coordinators and then and um like fight coordinators, and then they work with your DP and camera crew. Right, like that's how it is. Mm-hmm. That's, and I think that's one of the strengths of Zack Snyder's action films is that he brings in great teams and he hires a great cast of people. Um, but for whatever reason, it's all kind of lacking at some point, right? Like, he should just he should just produce only. Yeah, he. Uh, if anything, he should have like a strong hand in produ- and just hiring in people. Because I love. I haven't seen. Cast. I haven't seen too many Zack Snyder movies that mm. weren't directed by him that he produced. Yeah. I think isn't that Man of Steel? Did he direct that one? Yeah, he directed, and I guess he and his wife had produced it, didn't he? Yeah. What What has he produced only that he didn't direct? He tries to do all three, right? He tries um, to do the directing, writing, and producing, right? Nowadays, I think he does. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think that he's off the top of my head. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I don't think there was anything popular. Anything Maybe Suicide Squad. He had some creative input. So I guess Suicide Squad he must have produced, except he didn't direct that one. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, if he if he just stuck to producing and possibly writing, because I I don't know if his writing is awful. I haven't really. Uh, I don't that. think his writing is that great. <laughs> but it's not like it's it's not like as bad as uh, those assholes who did Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what? what <laughs> like is it Bob Orsi also doing um, the new one? What? The uh, series. Isn't Bob Orsi the one who like got really pissed off at fans? Yeah, Orsi, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> is he in the new series? I don't think he's involved. I hope he's not involved in the, the TV show. But he was involved in, in be- oh, not Beyond, but uh, Into Darkness. Yeah, Robert that Orsi, was the last one Orsi and Kurtzman, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, those fuckers, like, Zack Snyder's better than those guys for sure. Because <laughs> 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 I, 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 Zack Snyder gets a lot of hate, but he makes very cool-looking movies. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, if he, if he like, had I would to take good with... money to see a Zack Snyder film as opposed to a Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay's pretty good at producing too. It just his directing is bad, and I don't know. I don't think he writes, right? Well, so. he basically the things he produces just horror movies, aren't they? Just horror movies. Yeah, I mean, I think his production company did uh, those remakes for the Jason movies. Oh, I don't. I haven't seen too much of it. But yeah, I mean. Aside from that, how was Wonder Woman? <laughs> that came out better than expected, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't really have much expectations of that. But um, I enjoyed it. But I think uh, my opinion is that there's maybe too women? much... Too much... <laughs> <laughs> there was too much Chris Pine in it for it to be called Wonder Woman. It was more like Wonder Woman and Friends to me. Because most of a lot of it was like Chris Pine going on this 
journey finding Wonder Woman and then putting together his band of friends and then at the end Wonder Woman does the big bad battle. That's what it felt like to me. It didn't really feel too much like a like a focus was squarely on Wonder Woman. It was more like half and half. And it what? should have been more more squarely focused on Wonder Woman than Chris Pine. I would say you're wrong. <laughs> For some of it, I don't know. I don't think the focus was was squarely on Chris Pine. I mean, I, I, it feels like there's well, not the, the whole time. Out. I mean, like there's there's a major parts of the movie where it's been it was mostly on Chris Pine, and that should have been like maybe ten percent of the movie instead of forty or fifty uh, that they did. No, it feels like, like it, it's an appropriate amount of Chris Pine as a for a supporting role, at least for a strong supporting role, because it's not like. The whole movie was about Chris Pine finding Wonder See, Woman. See, that's my problem. I, it's, it's too strong of a supporting role for a movie called Wonder Woman. No, it's fine. For me, for me, it was too much. I, I okay. wanted more Wonder Woman. I wanted Wonder Woman to be the one doing the things Chris Pine was doing half the time. And then at the end, Chris Pine saving people on the plane, that's fine. He could have done that. But basically everything else I wanted to see Wonder Woman do that Chris Pine did during that movie. She did do most of it. I don't. I don't think so. I, I didn't feel that way when I was watching it. Because you hate women, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> the way the movie was made. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, the movie was good. It's a solidly good movie, though, right? It's pretty. Yeah, it's, fine. it's much more of a straightforward, like a um, adaptation of a superhero comic. Sure. Even the narrative, it's pretty straightforward. I don't think it's like reinventing anything, but yeah, it just depends on how Wonder Woman two is. Uh, I hope it's not Wonder Woman and Friends again. Uh, I hope it's just more like like sixty to seventy percent of it is Wonder Woman only, and and it's her decisions that she's doing and stuff like that instead of. It wasn't the rumor coming out. Uh, isn't the rumor coming out of Comic Con this this year that it's going to be eighties set like a Cold War? It se- it se- sounds like it's going to be Wonder Woman. Um, the Winter Soldier, basically, mm-hmm. but in the eighties, or maybe in you know, like Wonder Woman, Atomic Blonde, or something like that. Because Atomic Blonde was set in the eighties, right? Like a Cold War espionage. She has some sort of like Russian espionage thing. I guess so. That's yeah. What I mean, it's that's be. I guess that's fine with me. I but I if, she just needs to take more of an active role. I think in this in the in the upcoming one. Was this not acting enough for you? She was out there. For, for, I said more active. I'm not saying that she didn't have an active role. I think that, that there is a significant portion of the first movie where she was passive or tagging along, and I didn't I didn't particularly like that. It was more than I wanted her to be tagging hey man, along for. All I know is that she was in Steve Trevor's face, trying to get him to the line. And they had sex. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was pretty good. It's it's inflated. I don't know if any of those. Any of that talk about um, an Oscar push? It's <laughs> called for. It's <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it was fine for a com- it was good for a comic book movie, but not good in the overall movie sense. And um, yeah, like it's no, it's no, there will be blood, right? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the next Superman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman, there will be blood. <laughs> and then Wonder Woman goes around and beats people with a bowling pin. <laughs> and 
tells them Jesus isn't real. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's no dialogue for the first hour of the movie. <laughs> just have Paul Thomas Anderson direct that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Paul Thomas Anderson should direct a colorful movie. <laughs> that isn't Boogie Nights. Uh, that would be great. I mean, wouldn't you want to see like a roller girl <laughs> with superpowers? Something I don't know, like some. some I don't, it doesn't even have to be obscure. I wanted, I wanted to do like, I don't know about Batman, but maybe like uh, the Flash or something like that. Like one of those idiot superheroes that are popular for some reason. I have no idea why they're like they're redundant superheroes. Basically, give it to Paul Thomas Anderson and have him do something interesting with it. We'll have Steven Soderbergh make um, Plastic Man the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need one of those high art directors like like one of, like Paul Thomas Anderson to do one of these comic book movies. Didn't they try that? I don't know which one. I mean, wouldn't you consider Christopher Nolan as one? Uh, I don't know. I think he's I think he's just under just a rung underneath. Underneath, I wouldn't say he's on that same threshold. He still has too much of his foot in. Like, um, what would you call it? Like, uh, temple movies as opposed to art world? Like, he's trying to straddle that line between avant garde art and. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Like, he he doesn't try to just do avant garde only. Like, he tries to still make a temple movie. I think at some point, Darren Afronoski was going to do a Batman movie. You heard about that, right? Yeah, I think that would have been interesting. But I, but, um, I I saw some details and it sounded pretty bad. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Most of these movies sound bad until you actually see them. So, I mean, that, yeah, like so hearing Wonder Woman going to Russia, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know how good it's going to be until it's actually done. So, could be awful for all I know. Maybe. Sounds okay, but sounds bad too. What about that rumored Mel Gibson directing uh, Suicide Squad too? <laughs> to be interesting, I guess maybe. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I think, yeah, I think Mel Gibson will call, qualify as an avant-garde for the, the stuff he directed. So if he did uh, some sort of a comic book movie that wasn't, uh, it would be very an- anti-Semitic. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm not saying it's, it was, the, the stuff is not anti-Semitic or anything like that, but it is avant-garde in a way. So, so he doesn't necessarily he has a voice. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has an interesting <laughs> voice. <laughs> so, like, uh, I still haven't seen Apocalypto or whatever that one was. I have no idea. I wasn't if that's that big good. a fan of Patty Jenkins making Wonder Woman, though. Did you yeah, have that in of her? I'm not. I'm not. What did she make? The monster? I haven't seen Monster. Uh, I, I may have seen Monster, but I don't remember. I haven't seen that, and I was fine with the overall movie. But I would preferred um what was her name who directed uh, her locker and point break and Catherine something um Catherine Bigelow yeah, I would have preferred her directing one I, woman i didn't didn't she direct something else recently that she, she got Oscars for I think zero dark dirty was the one yeah. Like, when she was nominated for, but that was a couple years back. The one that she did most recently was Detroit with John Boyega. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Catherine Bigelow sh- could be like one of those directors that makes a comic book movie that I'd want to see. She does, she does pretty good uh, artsy sort of movies, yeah. I guess. So I prefer her, her, her locker it. was pretty good, I thought, up until the end. I didn't like the ending too much, but um, I, I didn't get a chance to see Zero Dark Thirty, and I have no idea if that's any good. And then who else would there be a, a good choice? I'd still say... Um... Well, who am I thinking of? Uh, David Fincher should make a Batman movie. I'll watch that. Sure. Yeah. Who else is there? Who? What? What? What movie would you uh, want to see? Uh, Joel Schumacher making a Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I I need to defend Joel Schumacher every time. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> Because up until that point, he was like a. I mean, I a very hot director up until that point. I didn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't do this before the last Squacklecast. It was a year ago, but I watched Batman and Robin again recently, like past couple months. And wow, I didn't realize how awful that movie really was. <laughs> I mean, I had I remember it nostalgia-wise, like when I was a kid or in high school, like remembering it was okay. But like the first part. Where they're escaping, or Arnold Schwarzenegger's trying to escape from uh, <laughs> from Batman and Robin with the rockets and the surfboarding, and like, oh my! They God. were sky surfing with the uh, escape hatches. I had hatches. no, I had no recollection of any of that. And it's I have like, no oh idea how. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how the wings on Mister Freeze's suit <laughs> supposed to help because they're like giant aluminum wings, and it's like, <laughs> I had. I have no recollection of any of that. So when I was watching, I was so surprised. <laughs> and it's it's basically just uh, like one like a it's like the '60s Batman, yeah. But in but on a movie, that's basically what it is. And the whole movie was just so bad and awful. But it was just interesting in such a way where it's like if you're actually directing that, like how can you direct something so weird? It's very over the top and. <laughs> Even more so, like than it's hard. It would be hard Tim to Burns. direct something like that, something <laughs> right. so over the top. Yeah. Instead of playing it straight, works. it works. <laughs> I don't know what people. Are <laughs> I mean, I guess it works, but it's so bad, <laughs> so bad. Um, Batman Forever, I think, was kind of the same thing, but they played Can it more straight. It? So I think it was less entertaining. I didn't. I didn't watch that again though. So I had only seen Batman and Robin. Well, again. Batman Forever, it feels like it was supposed to be a much darker movie and then they took it into a more campier tone like like the editing is when they decided oh we should make it more campy because the way we had before is not working because if you look at some of the stuff they were going through it's, it's like, you could have just given it to like darren Efronowski and like here you go it's about a guy who's got <laughs> who still has unresolved issues about his parents death uh-huh. and he's got like visions of like bats haunting him like it's very dark <laughs> like there are things about the story of Batman Forever that's very dark. And even the way that his home was like invaded by uh, Riddler and Two-Face and they shot him in the head and stuff like that. It's, it could have gone I, uh, entirely I'm sure different. This, yeah, I'm sure this is the answer, but there are supposed to be different Batmans, right? Hmm? For Forever and Batman and Robin? Or are they, are they same, the same Batman across both of those? 
They're supposed to be the same Batmans. Right? I mean, I guess. I don't I don't know. I I always I always thought that they were like different people. I, did, I mean I, I remember just, just I, a reboot each time. Like they're not supposed to be the same as the Tim Burton ones either, right? It's not it's supposed to be the same the same guy, the same character. It's supposed to be they're supposed to be like reboots, right? I think it was a reboot. I know the Batman Returns. It made a reference to Vicky Vale. I, I think there might have been an even vaguer reference to Vicky Vale and his past relationships uh, in Batman Forever. But aside from that, I don't. It's not referencing any of the other movies. If that's what you're asking, they're all more or less separate in their incarnations. But right, I don't but, think it's but, changing but was... any of the characters. Yeah, so they're all standalones, is what you're saying, or are they the same person across all four of those? I would say they're the same person and the same character, but because of how they were written and approached, they're pretty much standalone movies. Mm-hmm. Like as the movies progressed, um, the character hasn't hadn't evolved, and it just stayed. It may, might even re- regressed. <laughs> To being more like a two-dimensional character where you can just insert anyone. Because me thinking the Michael Keaton Batman being the same guy who's like on on a rocket surfing around. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he should like take a look, like take a step back, look at what you're doing with your life, (laughs) and then just walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Because like it would make more sense if they were individually each different person. Like uh, with the different actors, instead of being the same person throughout, because it just like it gets weirder and weirder <laughs> as you're doing as you're doing more of this stuff, and all of a sudden you're in a rocket <laughs> flying down on a on a surfboard made of a, a rocket panel, and then um, chasing no, after would... a frozen man with wings in a suit. No, I'd say the first three movies, they're all the same character. And then by the fourth one, they just they just didn't do much with the character, so that's why it feels so <laughs> so separate from all the other movies. Mm-hmm. But at least with Batman Forever, Val Kilmer was still just as much as tortured as Michael Keaton's character, or Michael Keaton playing in the role. So technically, the Dark Knight trilogy could be the prequel trilogy to the four Batman movies. <laughs> Because that's how you want to think of it, yeah. Why cause not? Because because uh, they don't show the, the first Batman. They don't show an origin, right? He just he just all of a sudden they're doing the Batman stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So technically, you could think of that as the fourth movie. Or what if uh, at the end of Dark Knight Rises? And so it's actually face? Christian Bale and then a rocket flying down <laughs> off the. <laughs> Not, not, not Michael Keaton. <laughs> what if um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character at the end changed his name to Bruce Wayne and just took over his life? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm when Bruce you go Wayne. back, you go back to the Tim Burton Batman. Michael Keaton is actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Holy shit! Because <laughs> he's already Batman, right? <laughs> and that the real Bruce true. Wayne is like technically dead. I guess Justin Gordon Levitt does look like uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, there you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> we got something here. <laughs> so, 
It's like, I'm Batman. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna legally change my name to Batman. <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's uh, 35 minutes. <laughs> 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 that you're not getting back. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I guess we could talk about Twin Peaks. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So I I said this earlier. So I Twin Peaks is no. Well, what's What's Twin Peaks? Give us a little history lesson on what it's, what the show is. Um, a caramel coated uh, cookie candy bar with. That's Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. Well, oh, that's Twix. Never mind. Um... <laughs> well, Twix, it... Twix Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the mix. <laughs> Someone's saying it backwards. That'd be good. No, Twin Peaks. It's um. Is it a parody of soap operas or nighttime soaps? It's yeah, it's like a parody of soap operas essentially. And, I mean, I, um, it's hard to say if it's a parody or not because it seems like it's just it's taking those. It's convinced. a satire, I would say. It's more satirical. But is it criticizing soap operas? Because if it's not criticizing it, then it's not really a satire. It's it is by by showing how stupid they are. I don't think that's necessarily what it's doing. It's just. It's using those nighttime soaps and then putting in putting it into a different genre, like a surreal, um, dark fantasy mm-hmm. type of deal. But I don't think it's a satire of um, nighttime soaps, All right? I guess it could be in a way, but. Also, maybe it's not simply a satire. It's just, it's a, it's just basically like a, it's just David Lynch's take on on that sort of formula. And because uh, it uh, wasn't Blue Velvet, so, sort of the same way. It's very melodramatic. Yeah, I'd say I, I would even say Blue Velvet could potentially it's like a a melodramatic sort of genre. It's like a surreal melodramatic uh, fantasy movie or yeah. mystery. Or yeah, that's what that's what Twin Peaks is—a very melodramatic, um, surreal mystery. Mm-hmm. And so that was that's what it was twenty years ago. And so when they brought it back on Showtime, it's now a comedy. It's now a comedy, <laughs> and it's 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 just a surreal dark comedy <laughs> instead of anything that they established in the TV show and anything that people were expecting. Basically, you throw it all out. And you use like the same mythology and some of the same characters, but you don't give the people what they want <laughs> at all from the from the old uh, TV show. Basically, it subverts the whole soft reboot um, idea where you basically get to relive or re-experience the same characters that you used to have like in the last old show or whatever. And so earlier in the season, like the first or second episode, right, it was the third episode. I had I had just come to the conclusion like we're not getting what we want out of this show. It's going to be something completely different. We're not going to get uh, uh, basically anything. There's nothing that's going to be concluded 
nothing's going to be answered. It's just, there's just going to be questions left open. And it's basically David Lynch's um, execution of the original show the way he wants it done. So they had never originally planned to solve the, the murder of Laura Palmer. And so once they actually did, they had no idea what to do with the show at that point. Um, and David Lynch had actually left the show too, so they were even more aimless in what they were doing. Um, and so when he came back, basically uh, he righted the ship, but it got canceled. And so what he's doing now, I think, is basically his cathartic filmmaking for not making anything in the past 10 years, and then also just making it into this comedy, basically, and and not giving people anything that they were expecting from a, from this third season of Twin Peaks. Like, if you wanted Dale Cooper to be back saying, that's some damn good pie and drinking coffee all the time, like, he does that, but in such an unsatisfactory, unsatisfying way. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it is very satisfying. <laughs> well, it's satisfying to people like us who are like who who don't expect necessarily much from David Lynch at this point, but like people who just casually watch Twin Peaks and like, yeah, I like that show. That's great. <laughs> um, then they would they just want to see Dale Cooper being happy and drinking coffee and and the same things that he was doing in the first show or in the first season. Um, yeah, basically, that's basically it. So, um, it's been an interesting ride. Every single week is like the other greatest episode of television ever. So, you don't so think in the next four episodes they'll be able to resolve most of those? I don't. Know, I don't threats. know if they're going to resolve anything. I because really at this I point they know there I are two. Still don't Coopers, think they're going right? to resolve anything, huh? At this point, they know there are two Coopers. Uh, I think that. Well, I haven't seen this this past week's episode. So I don't know for sure um, what they're exactly at, but um, basically, I, I think that we're maybe going to get one actual episode with Dale Cooper as as himself, just at the end, like the last, just scene. at the end, like the, <laughs> I, like maybe a whole episode. I'm I'm even thinking maybe the last ten minutes. It's going to be the last scene. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, the last scene or the last ten minutes, something weird like that. I don't think it's going to even be a whole episode. I mean, I guess it could be a whole episode depending on what he plans on doing. But um, I think it's going to be something that, that subverts everyone's expectations. He's going to be... He's going to be at the bar at the end performing with chromatics. So that's how it's, yeah. it's going to end. Sure. Yeah. And what's with all like, the music acts? <laughs> like, at the end? Well, he... <laughs> like, I know, I know because, David Lynch is like really big into music and, yeah. and audio design, but... It's like it always ends <laughs> with a performance from someone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. I guess it kind of is weird. Is weird, but it kind of gives it an '80s feel to it. I think in a way. Does, it am feels I like wrong he just wanted that? to meet all the bands he likes. I think he. I think that's true too. But he, uh, like he, he finally directed that Nine Inch Nails music video he always <laughs> wanted to do. Um, you know, <laughs> there's all these other, like, like I said, it's cathartic filmmaking. Like whatever he wanted to do, he just threw into this, and and doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. And I, I think they're they're tying it together a little bit, but not necessarily in a way that makes sense. They're saying, "Oh, this also happened over here," or it's like, "Oh, okay, this actually is part of the puzzle." So it's like things are happening, but we don't know that things are actually 
related until like 20 episodes later. Like the, the thing that we were watching for the first episode for like three hours ends up not being talked about at all until like the last like episode, last two episodes <laughs> of the show. So it's like, oh, remember that thing you were watching 30 weeks ago? <laughs> like, oh yeah, now it's related. So this so may be like, a spoiler for you, but um, I think I told you earlier in the week that David Bowie made an appearance. Yeah, you mentioned that, but I didn't, I didn't yeah. see that episode. So, and uh, apparently it is archival footage, which I don't remember seeing it in the previous ones. It might have been Fire Walk with Me or the mm-hmm. series when he appeared as Philip Jeffries, but yeah, it was Fire Walk with Me. Like it's, it's like the first scene or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, another thing too is that we're not seeing all of the show in chronological order. Like everything is happening at different times during this timeline of whatever. So it's like sometimes you'll see um, someone talking about an event at one one episode, and then like three episodes later they say, "Oh, I found something today." Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there's already been like three nights, or I felt like three nights since then, or whatever. So we don't really know what we don't at this point. We don't really know what the actual timeline of this show is at this point and when things are happening and when people are finding stuff out like some things are more or less chronological because there's an actual story to it like all the fbi guys mm. like that's progressing in, in a like in, in an actual way where there's some sort of uh like in a, a timeline that makes sense but like everything that's happening in twin peaks like fuck if i know <laughs> like <laughs> things are happening out of order sometimes sometimes aren't happening out of order like when do things actually happen? You don't really know. So I think Twin Peaks is out of this, out of the time loop, and everything else is kind of like more or less chronological. So maybe that, maybe that makes more sense. But well, it seems like it's progressing enough that there might be some major reviews, reviews by the end of it. Yeah, I mean, there there has to be something, uh, and and they didn't confirm any extra seasons yet, so. I mean, I would assume that they shot this to be the the last season. Whether or not they get picked up again, who knows? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they didn't they didn't know that going into this into this season. So, I'm sure that they wrote it to have some sort of ending. Whether or not that answers questions or not, I I personally don't think it's going to answer anything. But um, there's also the big reveals of like basically the whole origin of Bob and stuff like that. So that mm-hmm. was pretty big. There's just a whole episode. of where they just go back in time to the fifties or something like that. And there's like a, <laughs> there's that bug thing. That was a God of Light episode, right? Yeah, the, the God of Light episode. And so basically, that was like, that was like a huge big myth- mythology mythology episode. And so it actually addressed a lot of the questions that didn't really answer them in mm-hmm. in in like ways you can just say, okay, it's this. It's like just all very interpretive. Like Bob is from an alien who was born out of a nuclear explosion or something like, I don't really know. So, so it's, but you know that Bob came from the, a nuclear explosion. That's basically what you know, right? It was on alien, right? It seems supposed to just be the embodiment of pure evil. I mean, I guess so. And that's what the show is about, right? It's like the sort of duality and, uh, good and evil and, because that episode, you saw Bob, and then you also saw Laura Palmer, right? Mm-hmm. So that, I think the like the two was supposed to be good and evil, and the birth of it, and 
right? Yeah. But there's a lot of things it's... that there's a lot of things to analyze, and so it's hard to pick those things out on your first viewing. So it's definitely something you have to like watch again and then realize how it all ties into the um, the first two seasons and the, and the movie, which you may or may not have remembered too much of. I don't remember a whole lot of the the first two seasons because I watched it like three or four years ago at this point. Could you blow your nose a little louder? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is, there, is there any word of what uh, Dave Lynch is up to after this? Um, I, I looked into it a little bit. He's like in France or something like that. It just not even like he hasn't even set foot in the United States since since the show premiered. So they haven't <laughs> even talked about like possibly another season. Apparently, Showtime is happy with it. So, yeah, the uh, president of the network seems open to another season, but yeah, it's like a vanity show, so it gets it draws in people that you may not otherwise get to um, watch your Showtime mm-hmm. network. Like I, I don't have any use for Showtime, right? Except for Twin Peaks, I don't watch anything on Showtime except for that. So they got, so they already got me uh, watching something on Showtime. And so maybe I'll click around and see what else they have, and then maybe I'll watch something else, right? So, like, none of the other shows that they, they put on, I have any interest in. But Twin Peaks, yes, I'm interested in that, so that's what I'm what I'm going for. So it's like their vanity piece. It's like their um, thing that's drawing in a particular crowd that they wouldn't otherwise have gotten. And so there's a lot of penetration there, I think, um, to that uh, demographic of Twin Peaks fans. Mm. So possibly they get some crossover from that. And that's, there's probably more crossover from that than they get from their other shows, which they may, they may just get a lot of the same viewers keeping their subscriptions instead of getting new subscriptions or something like that. So it just uh, it depends on a whole lot of demographics and ratings and stuff like that. And I don't think, uh, even though it's like the, their lowest rated new show, it's still bringing in such a substantial amount of new demographics that I guess that they're okay with, with taking the loss, even though it's not really a loss in the end for them. It, um, it, it kind of gives them something to distinguish themselves from, like, let's say, Netflix or whatever. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's a big deal for them. And it seems like it, it, it will still try to draw in um, new viewers. Like, they got nothing to lose other than... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... um, I don't know, man. So I would like to see more... You don't have hopes for a third season. I would like another. Season? I would like another season, but um, at this point, I don't care too much. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just, there's just too much TV in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's difficult to keep up with. So. Yeah, I usually like to watch my TV shows when, when it's done, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the only I only have like a couple shows that I've ever watched while it was on the air, and then. Um, I think the only one right now I'm actually watching while it's airing is Gotham. So um, I'm sorry to hear that, but um. <laughs> so it's Gotham, and that's basically it. So I I used to watch Battlestar Galactica while I was on um, Stargate SG One at the tail end of it, mm. and Stargate Atlantis at the tail end of it. But I never really knew a whole lot of um, the first episodes or whatever like that. So it was so basically when I started streaming them 
recently I started watching from episode one for for both. It's like a whole new experience because basically now I understand everything. <laughs> so what, what does it take for you to watch a new show? Does it take buzz, uh, or do you have to see some footage or a cast? I think it, it's whatever latent latent interest I had I had in the show. I mean, like new as in something I haven't seen, or new as in a, a new as break. in something that's going to premiere. Um, like, do you I need to know who's involved in the show, or do you need to see some promotional right, material? It's, it's, or it's interest level. I don't necessarily care about the actors too much. It's so what gets level. you interested in a new show? Interest level and accessibility. If I can access the show easily, then I'll have more of ability to watch it. Um, so what? So let's say what got what got me hooked on Gotham. So what got me hooked on Gotham was the idea that it's Batman without Batman, and so I wanted to see how it would work out. So that that was an interesting idea for me, because how do you do Batman without Batman essentially? And so from there, it, be- it became its own like thing for me. It became kind of campy, and then I picked out a lot of the, the individual actors on that show that were interesting to watch or they're fun. Um, and every time they're like Penguin on on Gotham is like one of my favorite characters. So every time he's on, he, or every time he has an episode or whatever, it's a lot more fun. Or uh, I like him. Um, the Riddler on that show is pretty good too. Um, so they're just particular things I'll pick out and I'll, I'll stick with it at that point. But um, there hasn't been a whole lot of like new new shows that are premiering that I've ever really watched, mm-hmm. ever. That usually, if I've ever watched a show as it's on, I'll pick it up mid-season or at the end of it. And that was and that's because Is that because you've heard some buzz about it? Because um, I'll, I'll randomly catch like the older episodes. Okay. And then and then I'll be like, oh, okay, I want to watch the new episodes too. It's like Law and Order, like uh, uh, like Law and Order reruns were always on TNT and TBS or whatever all the time. And so whenever the so that as, as new episodes are coming out, I'll be like, okay, I may as well watch the new episode too. So then I started watching SVU, um, and then every single time, basically a new episode of SVU is on, I'd, I'd watch it. But then I'd also catch up and watch watch the the back end of it. So. Um, yeah, Law and Order SVU is another one that, that I keep keep up with. Um, so, so you're still watching SVU? Yeah, as they have new episodes. So, um, is that the last one that's on the air? The last season? No, is that the last Law and Order show that's on the air? Yeah, it's the last one that's on. I think they're they're planning on relaunching the first Law and Order, but I don't I don't know much about what the plans are for that so far. I know MTV is relaunching TRL. Um, Are you gonna watch well, that for the for its premiere? Every single I, every I single might week? I might see how it <laughs> changed because as far as I know, um, it's supposed to have the same format, just different hosts. So I'm interested in seeing how it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Well, so I might watch the whole reason I that. ever watched TRL was for Carson Daly. So you know, I take off Carson <laughs> Daly. What the fuck is the point of watching TRL, right? He he is good at his job. <laughs> he's good at his job, right? He's like he's like the uh, the less scummy Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, he's like he's like a substitute teacher that you you're okay with. <laughs> 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 right? like, um, like I don't mind seeing him on my TV. Like, but when I see Ryan Seacrest on my TV, I feel like slimy and scummy. And I feel like like there's a layer of like skin on me that I'm trying to like peel off. 
It feels like he's trying to sell me a used car that I don't want. No, he's trying to sell me like a used dildo. <laughs> <laughs> it's still wet. It's lubricated for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. He's, he's like just holding on as a mic. That's that's, that's what he should. He should. But the Carson but, um, Daly, he's on. He's like, here, want to share a Mexican burrito with me? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like <laughs> he's like, here, I'll I'll take one half. You take the other half. <laughs> We're still talking about burritos or like dildos. <laughs> um, the point is, he's your friend. <laughs> um, yeah, so they they're supposed to have two new hosts and some other BJ's coming in for BJ's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not even gonna acknowledge. <laughs> So but, total request lives for sex favors, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. But they are so they're also bringing back Unplugged, MTV Unplugged. Did you watch a lot of that? Uh, I didn't watch it. I just I know that the uh, Nirvana Unplugged is pretty good. Yeah. And the uh, Alice in Chains Unplugged is like one of the best albums ever. Yeah. So they're so, bringing back Unplugged and TRO. So they're doing well, a I mean, lot. Those of, are those were the luck. actual MTV shows that that you knew them for. So yeah. I don't. I'm not surprised that they're bringing them back because basically MTV is, or has become like a reality show, um, central for the past like ten years, and then all of a sudden everyone else does it, and so they have nothing unique anymore. So they have to go back to the roots of what actually made MTV MTV. So it makes more sense. It makes sense that they're doing all the old stuff that they used to do that was unique to them, again. Yeah, I mean, there's always a lot of criticism that they don't show enough music. And I can understand that, but it's not... It doesn't seem like it's a major concern. It's not, it's not a major concern anymore because... That's it seems like do. it's an unfair criticism of what they're trying to accomplish because the brand of MTV isn't necessarily music because that's what they provide. It used to be, and that's, what, that's why people didn't like it. Yeah, but, but now, now it's not necessarily music anymore, so they're, now they're bringing back the music stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily even what people want either. I would say the brand is just youth culture, right? That's that's what it, they're saying. Yeah, I guess so. And so music has always been a conduit to that. Yeah. They always focus more on music than, let's say, movies or something like that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it, it's it's always unfair when they say MTV should just be music, mu- music videos, which if they had just stuck with music videos, they would have been out of business. Probably, because like you can go to YouTube now for all yeah. your music video stuff. Exactly, but but it just needs to be music oriented shows, I think. Yeah, and then then there's at least some sort of flavor to it, some sort of interest level to it. So if you like a certain band or if you like this, like that, then um, you'd you'd be more inclined to turn to tune into MTV stuff instead of A and E stuff or whatever. So because like MTV's Real World or whatever, like it's just the same stuff you'd get elsewhere. It's just basically that has nothing to do with music. Well, I would say real world works. It's not necessarily music, but it works for their brand. Because if it's if they're going back to something a more tangible brand than just music, then that sort of youth culture that it does identify with real world and some of the other programming. Even yeah, like, I, mean, it could, I mean, it could be fine. Real world specifically, but I'm saying like, even with something with like Teen Mom. That's missile, yeah, that like fits Teen, in with their Teen brand. Mom doesn't have to be MTV related necessarily. Yeah. That, that that you can see on any other network. 
but it still fits with their brand. It's not necessarily music, but it it fits with their brand. Just because it fits with their their brand. But yeah, I think, yeah, but their brand should be, or at least would be more uh, unique if it was more music related. Like Teen Mom doesn't have anything to do with music, right? Like has... There's very little that could unless they're getting to pregnant to music. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're using the Ryan Seacrest dildos to, to music. They just listen to R. Kelly albums. That's what they're. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, being held hostage by R. Kelly. That's that's the music. Yeah, like if they if they took like a day out of each month to show the whole R. Kelly trapped in the closet thing, you know, yeah, exactly. do thirty hours of that, right? Yeah, they could show that once a month. Like you just have to wait till someone dies, and then they just show Prince videos all day. Like <laughs> the whole day when they sh- when Prince died, and they showed Prince music videos. I saw Bad Dance once, <laughs> so I was like, I listened to Bad Dance once after he died, <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Did they? I don't think they actually used that for anything, right? It was just on the album. I don't think it was on the actual movie, but there were Prince songs in the movie. Like Party Man was in the movie. Future Man, I think, or Future was also in the movie. But, uh... Should I bring that back? Like, uh, specific um, albums for movies? I kind of do that, totally. It's. It feels like it's just more various artists. Like just have one, one music or artist, uh, musician or artist, do a whole themed album for a movie. Because well, didn't I mean, Queen yeah, do I mean, the same thing for Highlander? I mean, I guess so. But I mean, uh, albums aren't really um, in nowadays. I guess because like, it's basically it's more about singles. So. Like when you're making, like people don't buy full albums really anymore, I think. Or at least they don't listen to things as a full album. They always like just want the singles or the one particular song that they like over and over. Well, I don't so, care, David. I just want the album to happen. Right? But they're not going to make it. Like, because like, you like it. Like most people they, aren't they watching Twin Peaks, but I will want another like. Twin Peaks season. Right? Like, that's people ha- are that's pissed ha- off that they're releasing one, one a week. What, Twin Peaks? Yeah, they just want it all at the same time. I'm I'm personally okay with the way it is. Yeah, because it's it's anticipated. It, just, it, it spaces it out, and you have all this other shit to watch anyway. Yeah. So it 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 makes it easier on you to watch one hour a week of the show instead of having eighteen hours that you have to block off. Especially with Ten Peaks, where you have to process what you just watched. <laughs> like you like you need a couple of days. Or to settle in and then discuss it, and yeah. then if you're just watching all eighteen or whatever in one, you're just gonna be confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna forget everything basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything's happened so like weirdly. But um, yeah, I don't know. But Netflix is what twenty billion dollars in debt. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, I thought they were making money. Um, well, they're still in debt. And I don't know if it's healthy debt or... I think it's healthy debt because their stock price keeps going up. Was that trans- actually translating to revenue? Because I think they just 
who they just took out another loan for more content to produce more content. And I don't know. I guess their membership is still growing, but at a certain point, wouldn't that just max out? I guess so. But yeah, and um, what Disney is pulling their content off in twenty nineteen. Yeah. I mean, that... I think uh, I think they're maybe poised for a resurgence in their DVD by mail service because now that all the streaming stuff is going to be so fragmented, it's hard to get one service that's going to serve all your needs, and so their DVD by mail service might be able to fill that gap. A lot of movies that a lot of movies that you want to watch nowadays aren't actually available streaming, or it's only on one service or something like that. So I think the DVD by mail or the Blu-ray by mail they may come back as a resurgence. Did you ever um, watch Sense Eight on Netflix? No, I heard about it, but it, but it's canceled. It was, right? Yeah, it got canceled. But I think they were making like a a resolution movie or something like that. They're making yeah, they're making one final uh, finale movie. To to wrap it up <laughs> but i read an interesting article that the um streaming porn site x hamster has proposed to produce new seasons of sense eight <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, like just just to give them money for it i guess so to stream it on their site i don't know what's happening <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they're not gonna they're not gonna do it but who knows well, it's, Maybe X-Hamster will call himself something else. Do it, right? so, get it? Yeah, X-Hamster, someone's going to do it? Yeah. All right. Ryan You're talking about sex! <laughs> Ryan Seacrest Seek- Dudos. Um, that should be the title of the, the podcast. Ryan Seacrest Dudos. Ryan Sequestration. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good too. Yeah, yeah. It'd be uh, the documentary zoo part two. <laughs> Just call it sex. <laughs> we talk about Batman. We talk about <laughs> or sex. <laughs> <laughs> we. T- <laughs> I'll just say we talk about butt <laughs> butt sex for an hour and a half. <laughs> All right. So what did you learn about butt sex today? Is that what, what it was like around the uh, dinner table <laughs> after school? What did you learn about sex today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's one episode down, so we'll do another three right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to... Make them available all at once, and so we ha- we actually recorded thirty episodes <laughs> of the Squacklecast <laughs> today. Don't ask They're me how. Made available this- at the end. Of the- It'll be made available at the end of the day tomorrow, all at the same time, and, and it'll um, be done for yeah. three years. <laughs> and you'll have to you'll have to piece out your time because we don't give a shit what the fuck you're doing in your <laughs> life. We're just gonna dump it all out there and watch the benefits. Exactly. Because why should we bother ourselves with any sort of schedule? To make it easy for you yeah. to watch it. 
or to listen to us. Makes sense, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I guess that's it, right? Uh, well, no, we're going to take a five-minute break and then crank out another 29 And minutes. then for this, this episode, not the <laughs> other 30 that we're, we're planning on doing. It's going to be like shooting Jeopardy episodes. We just change shirts and then <laughs> and just go on for the next <laughs> I'll put a I'll put a voice seven hours. On, on mine. Yeah. Can we just hire someone like day laborers and then just (laughs) (laughs) that's an idea. They'd probably be more entertaining to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Do you speak English? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, CC English. What do you think they even talk about all day? The day laborers? Yeah. They talk about how they can't speak English. I don't know. (laughs) Why would they talk about it? (laughs) Because I don't know. Like at some point, well, are well, they just talking about Wonder Woman? <laughs> they talk about the same things we talk about, man. All right. They talk about Brian Seacrest dildos and and uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks, yeah. Twin Peaks and TRL. Exactly. They're like normal Spanish people, Spanish-speaking people. What if David Lynch did a music festival? Would you see it? Uh, sure. Because that's kind of like what the whole season is at this point, right? I mean, that's part of it. I mean, he's had... How many times has he had the chromatics on? Like, three times? I think it's two or three times, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's had chromatics on. The cactus blossoms. Well, I think the idea is that it's actually one time, and we're seeing three different Nine Inch Nails. So at some point, Nine Inch Nails is going to come back on and perform. Yeah, I guess so. Another another ten minute. Trent Reznor looks huge now. Like <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna end the whole show with a ten minute long Nine Inch Nails thing. In the previous episode, they had um, Lissy. I don't know if you know Lissy or not. No. She's kind of like. I guess you can say she's like a pop folk artist. I don't know, man. He's got like a lot of different genres going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it would be a good indie uh, indie lineup for a festival with Nine Inch Nails headlining, and Karen O will probably come out, and he he would probably do a set himself. David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any of David Lynch's music? Uh, I the only thing I've listened to was a remix of one of his songs. Mm-hmm. And, They're not um, that bad. They're interesting to listen to. Is that two two albums? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll check it out if it's still so Spotify or something. I think the most <laughs> accessible one is the one he did with Karen O. But yeah, yeah, something to check out. It's definitely uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I, again. So, uh, anything, uh, anything else you want to say? <laughs> As we awkwardly end this for the last ten minutes. Something about dodos, maybe? I don't know. 
Well, if you take a dildo, make sure it's lubricated. Yeah. Before be you a, be a dildo, not a dildo. Don't. <laughs> I was a doer <laughs> until fibromyalgia. Be flexible but firm. <laughs> a good parenting tip from. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna keep recording until until uh, until a later point. See how long this takes. This Scratch is a very like David Lynch ending. <laughs> <laughs> Should play some that, ambient music. Is this the is this the return people are expecting? Is this the soft reboot? That people wanted from a Swaggle cast? Um, yes. <laughs> it's, it's now a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to before? You asshole! <laughs> I thought it was funny before. Alright, Why are you taking the thing I love so much and changing it so much? All right, no need to be butthurt. <laughs> We're almost at 13 minutes for ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be about another half hour before we actually end it, right? You need to play some chromatics when you uh, <laughs> go through and process this. I'm not processing shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing in the, 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 the sound music stuff that I did before at the beginning and the end and that's it. I'm leaving it as is with my blow noses and, and everything. <laughs> and the awkward pauses. <laughs> I think he took his headphones off. <laughs> Well, can't hear him anymore. 